Today I have the pleasure of introducing a fantastic guest, Mr. Brett Hartman. He's done such things as create his own restaurant chain delivery brand before apps were even a thing. He's also been a voice actor and a screenwriter and is also a musician going by the name of William Fairfeather Ford. Welcome, Brett, and thank you today for joining us. Thank you so much for being on. Uh, are you ready to share your uh, CEO story with us? Uh, sure, sure. Fantastic. So why don't you start by telling, uh, telling us a little bit about you and your background. You've got some fantastic points to go over from screenplays, music, and the restaurant industry. So uh, we'd love to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I grew up, my family's in the movie business, so I grew up uh, in and around that stuff and sort of got an early start as an actor, fell into some stuff, um, you know, right out of, well, while I was in college, actually, still in college. And uh, so got a sort of a taste that you could make some money uh, doing something that was really, really fun to do. And um, after I got out of college, and really started to, you know, have to figure out how to make a living, I, it got a lot harder to make money in the movie business for me. So like everybody, we end up in the uh, restaurant business um, trying to survive. And I was, I think, probably the world's worst waiter. I mean, certainly America's worst waiter. I, I was good with the, with the people, but, you know, managing all those tables and the food and the, you know, it just wasn't my thing. So I was looking for uh, a way to make a living and not have to work in a restaurant. So I heard about some guys in Australia doing uh, third-party delivery. This is literally the 80s. That tells you how old I am, which is terrifying. Um, and uh, they were delivering for restaurants that didn't typically deliver, typically, you know, more high-end sort of restaurants. And so uh, we basically stole that idea, myself and a couple partners, and we started doing it in Beverly Hills. And we printed books, went around to these restaurants and said, hey, we're gonna uh, flip the ancillary sales. Um, the lights are on, people are in there already. We're just gonna bring you additional business. And we got a discount, you know, 30% discount on all the food. So that was sort of our margin plus some uh, modest delivery fees. We printed up books, magazines, believe it or not, and, uh, and hand dropped them on the doorsteps in the flats of Beverly Hills just as a test to see how it would work. I mean, literally in hours, people were calling us. So this is kind we, of like Uber Eats and Postmates before apps even existed. Yeah, like Grubhub owns my company, my old company now. So oh. it's exact. That's exactly. I think we were the first guys in the states to do this, and uh, we were pretty, uh, pretty successful delivering dinners to families and you know homes in Beverly Hills, delivering for high-end restaurants again um, uh, that didn't typically deliver. And so, a friend of mine uh, was on a television show, and. Um, uh, she called me and said, hey, they shot over in the Valley, in San Fernando Valley at, at uh, MTM, and we were in, you know, in the flats of Beverly Hills. But she said, we really want California Pizza Kitchen. Um, that was back in the day when California Pizza Kitchen was brand new, and you know, we only had two stores, both in L.A., and it was, uh, it was sort of a hip joint. And uh, I was like, ugh. 
I don't want to send my guys, you know, 10 miles over the hill for, you know, a couple of cast members from Seinfeld, right? And uh, I said, how many, how many people thinking it's going to be six or eight? And she said, 60. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so stupid. We can deliver all the pre-made meals to the movie business if we simply just move over to the valley. So that's what we did. So uh, we got started in delivering all pre-made meals to movies, television, Disney feature animation, uh, meal penalties, all that union stuff. And it really took off. We got, so, we got so real big. What I'm hearing is you used your, your insight and the current business you were in and you merged the two. So you're still involved or kind of touching the movie industry, but with this new restaurant kind of concept that you'd came up with. Yeah, exactly. And I was able to audition uh, during the day and sort of run it during the nighttime. And I had, you know, operators that during the day that could do it when I couldn't be there. And it got real busy. We grew really, really fast and uh, did that for, I mean, eventually it just ran itself, basically. And I started working in the movie business a lot more. I started selling movies. I, I got lucky. And the first thing I ever wrote, I sold to Ron Howard. Um, and that sort of put us, you know, on the map. And then the next thing we wrote was a, another big deal. And so uh, all that started, you know, working out. And I had this little delivery business, you know, uh, just working behind the scenes. We had 200 drivers, all actors. I was part of a theater company in LA and we recruited, you know, everybody, people that I knew and friends of friends. And it was, uh, it, it worked really well. And then my wife got tired of the, liability of you know 100 kids every day running around you know she was afraid they were looking for kids in crosswalks and you know, like it could be pretty dangerous so we eventually got out of that and uh and uh moved to santa barbara oh fantastic so let's let's fast forward to santa barbara so then yeah. uh, you kind of sold your business and yeah. now you you really owned by grubhub now whoops yeah now owned by grubhub and uh so can you tell us a little bit about how that exit looked? Uh, yeah. I, well, what happened was I wanted to move. I had operating partners and um, we had arranged a, a sort of a buyout deal over a, uh, over a period of time. And they ended up, you know, not being able to, uh, over a period of years, manage the business. I was sort of the business guy and it started to fail. And so I didn't want to come back and run it. And so I called a buddy of mine uh, who had another big delivery service and they just bought it and got, they, they bought it and then it got absorbed into, they eventually sold, you know, 10 years later, 15 years later, after that, they sold to Grubba. Fantastic. What a great story. Yeah, they got picked off and they don't have to work anymore. So it's super cool. Yeah, it worked out great. And then yourself, now you're, like you said, you relocated out of LA into right, beautiful yeah. Santa Barbara. So, and didn't know if I was going to have to work and how that was going to work. You know, I knew I was going to have to work, but I didn't know at what capacity. And I got lucky and started a couple of buddies of mine are um, super successful in the restaurant business and they needed a sort of a face uh, for their uh, company to interact with their 3,000 tenants. And so I took over that job and, um, you know, became a top 10 guy at, in uh, uh, 
in a REIT, a real estate investment trust. Did that for about four years. We got picked off by GE. And then I definitely didn't make enough money on the exit to, you know, to retire. My buddies were done, done, like done, done, done. And I um, started looking around for stuff to do. And I started thinking about this, you know, the delivery piece and um, how janky that whole thing was. I'm not a technology guy at all, but the process uh, as we see it now um, is, you know, so uh, it's so clean. People calling restaurants to order food, you know, I mean, I spent, I don't know, a hundred grand a month with CPK alone. So you can imagine how many orders that takes and we're calling all those in or faxing them in. We were using fax machines in the day. So anyway, I just designed uh, on a big 30 foot long piece of paper, a what I thought would be a good uh, technology system for online and mobile ordering. And uh, I got some investors and we built it I think three times, which investors love that when you build technology three times, <laughs> right? First time, you know, first time kind of worked, but couldn't work at an enterprise level. Then the second time we built it, didn't work at all. And then the third time we, I brought in another buddy of mine, the old uh, CTO from California Pizza Kitchen, Brian Krakauer, probably the best technology guy in the restaurant space. And uh, he built it and the rest was kind of, is kind of history. We, uh, I got six, six technology patents oh, you're breaking up there brett oh sorry you're breaking up there can't hear you at all can you hear me now no no yeah i can hear you now sorry about that so okay. uh, no, no. if you just start from the guy that you brought in from the cto from california pizza kitchen yeah, uh, I brought in a CTO from California Pizza Kitchen. His name is Brian Krakauer and a, and a good friend of mine as well. And uh, he oversaw the build on the third one and it worked really well. Um, we got lucky and I got six technology patents um, that all have to do with online and mobile ordering. So pretty much anything you're doing now when it comes to food, there's some, there's, they're some way involved with those patents that, uh, um, that I got. So you're getting paid out every time someone's ordering food on one of these big web. Big I, I wish, I wish <laughs> I ended up, uh, you know, again, the roller coaster of business. I ended up, uh, selling, you know, selling out to another set of investors, um, not too long ago in an, in, you know, in one of those situations, it was not really how I wanted it to go down, but I'd been there a long time and, you know, and I'm busy in the music business and, and writing movies and all of that. And so I finally just, uh, walked away and yeah, I got, I get a little trickle, but it's not, it's not, you know, spectacular cash, but I, uh, you know, I don't have to, uh, grind it out like, uh, you know, like I once did, let's say that. Fantastic. So now let's forward, fast forward a few more years and, and you're comfortable in Santa Barbara. And what, what are you doing with yourself now? Yeah, I mainly just uh, write music, write, record music. I play under the name William Fairweather Ford. So there's a ton of, you know, a uh, ton of content and stuff up on, uh, on Spotify and uh, on my website that's William Fairweather Ford. And then I also write movies. 
Fantastic. So are you, are yeah. you writing anything juicy right now that you can share with us? Yeah, yeah, I'm writing. I, I'm writing a coming of age story right now uh, that I'm uh, really excited about. And in fact, I wrote the it's sort of a, a coming of age story about a young guy and his grandfather. And um, the grandfather I actually wrote for a guy that I uh used to know named Brian Dennehy, a great actor who just passed away. So now I've got to find somebody else to play that part, which is going to be very, very hard. I don't know if you know who Brian Dennehy is, but he was a hell of a guy and a hell of an actor. Um, If you ever saw, if you ever saw, um, uh, um, uh, First Blood, did you ever see the movie First Blood, the the, uh, Stallone movie? He's the cop. He's sort of the tough guy cop. Oh, right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He was a big, he was a big, real life tough guy. I mean, he was fan and a fantastic actor. And so anyway, so yeah, I'm, so I'm uh, writing that. And if I can't sell that, uh, you know, right away, I'll probably try to make it myself. Um, and that particular movie, um, it has lent itself to a novel as well. So there'll be, a, there's a novel in there. And are you writing the novel also? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, fantastic! So that that could be fun. That could be the, a great movie and novel written and produced by yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of am, am at that point. You know, I've been doing this a long time. I don't really need a lot of help from anybody anymore. Um, I used to, you know, it just seems like for me when I was younger, I always needed a little bit of some kind of assistance from someone else. You know, whether it was in business or whether it was in, uh, you know, artistic stuff. Um, and now, thankfully, I'm so old, I can kind of, you know, I have the sense finally to do most of it on my own. Fantastic. So if you were to look back and give some advice to entrepreneurs coming up, either in the industry or in kind of business as a general, because you've got the experience in both. Uh, yeah. Can you, can you speak to that and kind of give some actionable uh, tips? Well, the only, I mean, the, the, main thing in my mind and it's not (coughs) excuse me it's not it's not necessarily an easy road but you got to do what you love doing you know business was always a a means to an end for me um i was always passionate about uh the movie business always passionate about acting in plays movies and and super passionate about um uh writing a quick um I have a quick story and you can either cut this out or not, but I think you might think it's interesting. Um, well, my first job out of uh, college, I went to work for MGM and I just worked in the mail room and I became friends with some producers who they needed someone to analyze movie scripts. And I, and uh, I was interested in that. And I was sort of a drama goon in college as well and interested in, in theater as literature. And so I started reading movies for them. They trained me how to do it and so on and so forth. Unfortunately, I read, you know, about 300 movies the first year and I didn't recommend a single one of them. So they were like, "Mm, this is probably not the best job for you. They say, read this one more and give it a whirl, see what you think. And I did. And I actually liked it. And uh, I told them, Hey, this is something you should be interested in. And they said, uh, well, you know, we're more interested in female driven movies. They'd produce Thelma and Louise and uh, mermaids and stuff like that. And, uh, they said, but you should produce it. 
And I was like, well, I'm, I'm just a 23-year-old guy out of college. I don't know anything about producing movies. They're like, ah, we'll help you. Come on. I mean, they were fantastic. So anyway, I had a buddy, Phil Hartman, on Saturday Night Live, who was, and this was a great movie for him. I called him. Another buddy of mine, John Lovitz, was, uh, they were both on Saturday Night Live at the same time. I took the script out there to try to coax Phil into doing it um, because the agency that represented the writer was interested in that, him making, being part of that movie. So he was sort of the breakout star. Went out to New York, drank for a week, hung around SNL, never got to the movie. Uh, he calls me a couple weeks later, says, hey, I read it. I'm not really interested. And I'm like, ugh. So my dreams are crashed, are crushed, you know, of producing this movie. The next day, Dustin Hoffman optioned it, and long story longer, ended up getting made, and it was called the Dead Poet Society, and it won the Academy Award for Best yeah. uh, Best Screenplay. It was a fantastic movie. Yeah, 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 great movie, and uh, I had a I had a long crack or a good crack at you know producing that, but uh, it never happened, and just it's one of those things. But I the point of going back to your question. Doing what you love or are compelled to do, it's the only way I can live. I can't do anything else. You know, I can take a break and, and you know, sort of uh, look for ways to make money. Um, if, I, if what I'm doing and love isn't producing that at the time, but the main thing is to, you know, do, do what you love. And then also, I think the, the best lesson, it took me, you know, 40 years to learn it, is do it yourself. Like, if you don't know how to do it, figure it out. If you, you know, if, if you can learn how to be self-sufficient early, I can't tell you how productive I am now with relation to writing music, writing movies, and writing a novel than, you know, before I would have had to have, you know, editors and co-writers. And in music, I do, I have a writing partner. Um, who's a guy named Gus Detar, who's an exceptionally talented uh, musician. But I, you know, I don't need a, I don't need the army that I needed before. And so it's so, being more resourceful and kind of trusting yourself more. And figure it out on your own. If you really love it, you're going to like learning. You're going to like learning every piece of it. And, you know, there's a lot of failures along the way. You know, I wrote a lot of movies. And only a few of them got, uh, you know, got bought, got uh, interest, got, you know, propelled me deeper and in, further into the movie business and, you know, gained respect and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, I'm honestly uh, much more of the artistic temperament than the business temperament. And uh, I, my hope, the business guys... If you're if you're if you're compelled in business, I don't really worry about those guys so much because they love you know they love the art of the deal and they love making you know making things happen. It's the it's the artists, the people who and the creative people you know who invent things and create things out of thin air. Those are the guys I worry about. I want those guys to you know buckle down and have the sort of drive and tenacity to learn it on their own and make it happen on their own because those are the guys that turn stuff out that change the world right absolutely absolutely so thank you so much for sharing those nuggets and your history with us um, yeah. can you share with people how they can follow you or stream your music and kind of keep in touch with you 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, my website is uh, www.williamfairweatherford, exactly how it's uh, exactly how it sounds. dot com. Um, you can find me on Spotify and Apple Music, William Fairweather Ford, and uh, on Instagram, William Fairweather Ford. And we'll put the links down below so everyone can just get to those uh, very easily. Yeah, yeah, great, man. Thanks a million. I, yeah, the music we do, you know, and the movies I write are definitely, um, they're not uh, what you would consider conventional Hollywood, you know, or music industry fair. It's uh, what I say, <laughs> what I say <laughs> to, my, uh, to my wife and, and my friends, you know, I'm not for everyone. <laughs> That's fantastic. You don't need to be for everyone. You just need to be you. Right. That's it. That's all. That's all I got. Can't do anything else. Fantastic. So thank you so much yeah. for your time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you. And look forward to, uh, to listening to your music. Okay, man. Thanks a million. I appreciate it.